Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Agenda, the date-focused note-taking app for iPad, iPhone, and Mac. Learn more at agenda.com. There was just a day where I just thought, right, I'm just going to use Safari on iPadOS exactly the same as I would on macOS. And honestly, it was just like side by side. It was all working well, and I was really pleased. Welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. I'm excited to share today's interview where Daryl Baxter and I dive deep into iPad OS. Daryl was on episode 18 of this podcast. If you like what you heard today, listen back to March of 2018 for another episode with Daryl. As a reminder, you can get episodes early and extra bonus content by going over to patreon.com slash iPad Pros. And if you haven't reviewed the podcast in Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate a couple minutes of your time to do that. Every review goes a long way in helping others discover the show. I hope everyone's enjoying iPadOS so far and the apps that have been updated to support it. Without further ado, here's my interview with Daryl all about iPadOS. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast, Daryl. Thanks very much, Tim. It's great to be back. It's awesome having you back. It's an exciting uh, time in iPad land. We have uh, iPadOS is now uh, available for everyone. Oh, yes. It's after so many years to be asking for it. It's finally arrived. I'm very happy. And literally seconds before hopping on this call with you, I got the test flight update for OmniFocus with multi-window support. So I am very excited to, mm. to see what that'll change for my workflows because that's my main task manager and being able to have like forecasts and a project next to each other or you're working on certain projects next to like text files that that's me awesome mm, yeah i can see like see yeah, like rosemary orchard like just being so excited about this update as well because it's such a useful app and my god i mean having that in split view and everything that ipad osified that'd be really great yeah from my understanding with ken i talked with him just the back end was never designed on ios to support a single <laughs> database in multiple places because you could corrupt data pretty easily if you do it wrong. So they were working all summer trying to get this right. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, can you introduce, for those that didn't listen to our original interview, yourself and what iPads you're currently using with iPadOS? Yeah, sure, Tim. So yeah, my name's Daryl. I'm living in my hometown of Lincoln, England, and I'm a freelance writer and also um, recently a freelance IT contractor as well. So I'm going around schools, fixing a lot of things and loving it. Also a podcaster of uh, two shows, uh, Pal Keys, which is based on games and I talk to guests about their interest in it and their favorite game of Boss Stage and The Outpost Show, which is on a hiatus at the moment. Um, but it's also where I talk to people about their thoughts on the future of the iPad ecosystem as a whole excellent and then as far as ipads are you on the USB-C ipads the second gen uh, a regular ipad what are you using these days so it's kind of like changed my kind of like upgrade needs so it used to be an iphone every year and now it's an ipad every year so this is the latest um, 12.9 inch USB-C ipad very cool so we're early on in the release cycle it is i guess we're recording the day before it comes out technically speaking but uh a lot of updates have been coming out on the App Store, some that support iPad OS. You might be on some test flights. What have been some of the third-party apps that you've really enjoyed on iPad OS now that they've been updated? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I've been on the beta cycle of the drafts and Ulysses because I'm using the iPad full-time as a writing machine. So I really want to kind of get into like the nitty and gritty of like how apps can best use iPad OS when I'm writing away for whether it could be a project or a or an article or a game review. I really just want to kind of make sure that I'm kind of using it to the best of its ability. So definitely with drafts and Ulysses, 
I mean, just kind of like the split view has been really, really useful to have. And also kind of a quick mention, I mean, Ulysses had split view before iPadOS even arrived. It had its own way of doing it. And now with the beta, it's, well, it's native, really. So I can kind of flick between, like, say, an older draft and a newer draft and kind of, like, go between it and, like, kind of see what bits work and what bits don't without having to switch back, like, every single time, which is really great. And even, like, say, with the shortcuts in drafts, I mean, that's just fantastic. And Ulysses as well. I mean, it's just really great. And especially with the dark mode, because, well, like I say, I'm all about the dark mode (laughs) when it comes to iPadOS, really. And even, like, say, with apps that didn't really, weren't weren't meant to kind of, like, really properly work with iPadOS, and I'm using those more, like, say, Dark Noise, for instance. I mean, Charlie Chapman's, like, amazing one where you can just have it, in slide over and you're just using it on ipad os as kind of like a background noise machine as you're writing away and you're doing ulysses and split view i mean i love it i absolutely love it so i've been just trying to um make the most of these updates as best i can yeah so you mentioned dark noise i saw an update that is kind of experimental that lets you use other sounds that mixes into it how does that work does it work well could you use classical music with dark noise have you tried that out yet yeah i've been using that all the time all the Works time well. and it's been yeah it's been fantastic yeah it's just been working like so well for any other rap that i could be playing even with games as well i mean don't get me wrong it's a weird thing to have for frog noise as you're playing doom or tomb raider but it works <laughs> it kind of like has that little effect of it's so wrong it's right really yeah I, i'm kind of wondering with podcasts does it help you focus any more listening to a podcast than it would otherwise because podcasts can be distracting while working depending on your work but does having dark noise help enhance that in some way? It does, to be honest, yeah. I mean, really with the podcast and the dark noise, they really are kind of like a good combo of helping me focus, to be honest. And I used to just have YouTube playing, really, as background noise, to be honest, no matter what it could be. It could be a video from Dragon Ball Super. It could just be an hour video of rain. Um, But now... I'm kind of using those two apps of Overcast and Dart Noise to really just help me focus. And it's been really great. Excellent. That, that's really awesome to hear. So you mentioned Ulysses. And an interesting use of it is an earlier draft and a current draft. Are you copying pasting to have like an old draft and a new draft? Or what's the interface to actually show an old draft versus what you're currently on? So what I do when, like, when I first do a draft, I kind of just like um like do like random notes across the document about what i'm going to write about what are going to be the topics then we just kind of add it in as i go and there'll be times with certain drafts where there'll be a paragraph where it just seems kind of better in the old draft than it did in the new draft and then i'll just use kind of drag and drop from ios 11 to just bring it over and that'll be it that'd be great but then again sometimes i'll maybe just kind of like read through both and just see if there's any kind of how it flowed really almost how it was between the old draft and the new and sometimes it would just be a matter of maybe changing a paragraph slightly or uh, certain words to just get it going. But it's great just having that two documents that view at the same time because I think it gives you like a greater overview of what you can change and also what you can leave as well. And have you played around with the export, live export while working on a current working text file? I've tried. Uh... The thing is, I mean, I use WordPress for my site and I've been trying to get more into blog posts really with it. Yeah. And I've kind of like been trying to kind of like export it into WordPress. But to be honest, I found, especially in iPadOS, that the WordPress app has been really useful for just kind of going from start to finish on, like, say, editing images, uploading images, editing the article, and then putting it straight into the blog. 
Now, with Ulysses, I mean, it's all right. And to be honest, the only export I've really tried is for an EPUB format. Okay. It's, that's been really useful. Yeah. Really useful. But I, I kind of feel like there, there could be a lot more potential there with the exporting. I feel like it's been it's gotten better in the past couple of versions, um, but I feel like there's even more that could be done to it, to be honest. So what I'm talking about is with the export, is you're able to see like your markdown translate into all their different export themes. Mm-hmm. What you're wanting almost is... I want to see how this markdown looks in my WordPress theme somehow. That would be really nifty, actually. Absolutely, Tim. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've got it. That would be really useful to have for me. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So have there been any big surprises in using iPadOS things that when you sold initially announced, you're like, oh, that might be okay. But then once you started using it, it was like, oh, wow, that is really helping me out in some significant way. It was external storage. I was very surprised just how open it is because the thing is when it was first announced i was thinking oh that's that's going to be restricted it's only going to be with certain file types and certain apps and it's going to be through like storage devices which is going to be it has to be formatted in the um is it the afps format yeah there's a couple it works with uh both the mac formats and xfat which is the standard windows format now yeah and i thought that's going to be the only way of doing it of, of like transferring files but i was amazed that it's open. You can do pretty much whatever you like. So well, I have a, a hard drive full of my um, like movies backed up for my DVD collection, and they're all in there just so I could put it on my iPads of like, well, years gone by. So I hook it up to my MacBook Air and open up iTunes. I'd get so many error, error messages after 10 minutes, and then finally I get into file sharing, drop the files in, make sure the iPad's connected, it doesn't drop out when I'm transferring files, and that's it, I'm done. But now that is totally gone because now with external storage, I just have to plug in my external hard drive, go straight into files, find the Infuse folder, drop the movies that I want, put it in, and I'm done. And that's it. That saved me so much. And I've just been amazed by how well that's been working with files and external storage. That's really cool. And are these MP4s that you've encoded or is it the video TS raw folders that are just straight off the DVD? No, it's a converted into MP4. So yeah, it's um, they're all 1080p. And yeah, it's just been amazing and really fast as well, I have to say. And are you using Quick Look to play those within the files app attached or does Plex or any of the third-party apps actually integrate with files in a way that would let you locally play that back without copying it to your ipad so i've been using quick look to make sure that the exporting has, has been successful because there has been times where i'll try and kind of copy one over and even if it's done it's been corrupted and i think that was kind of a result of an early beta release i remember now i can just go into infuse and check it and it's there and it's and the beauty of infuse is it finds the metadata as well when it finds a new file so you've already got the cover art you've already got the description and everything there it's fantastic but yeah with files it's not using any of those apps really which would be actually nice to have to be honest because i think with quick look and especially when it's looking at say a video file that's over four gig it can take a while for it to play it really can yeah i'm curious about that because it would be really cool to have you know, just a hard drive full of all your movies and be able to just play it right there. I know with iTunes content, uh, you can't do that because the DRM, sadly. So hopefully that at some point gets solved in a way that makes is happy. I'd love drag and drop between the Apple TV app for my library purchases to actual hard drives. Mm. So I could just have that all off 
online like you can on a Mac. That'd be great one day. Yeah, I think it was definitely the start of it now, now that we've got external storage, because that was the big one, really. And I think now, in the next few years, we can see a lot of improvements to that side now, really, especially with apps. Yeah, I almost wonder if uh, we'll finally get music importing into the music app from external storage at some point. Mm, yeah, I'm in two minds about that, Tim. <laughs> and then we'll could, see on that. Yeah, they could throw it in the <laughs> iTunes match. Uh, I won't dare say we'll ever get a CD attachment to the iPad so we can import CDs, but... <laughs> or a vinyl rip. Yeah, right. Uh, well, the way to do that, of course, is to do... Um, you hook up uh, a headphone cable to like the vinyl and then put it into the iPad as a um, input and record it with like Ferrite or something. I actually did that for cassette tapes in college i would hook oh, up wow. and just you just do it old school i just hooked up that way and uh i think there was a bug even with itunes previews for one album that i really loved and i was yeah. a poor college student and i hooked up through my 30 pin dock connector there's a auxiliary out hooked up that to my mac and recorded from itunes the full album that way <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah there oh, are wow. there are ways to get input into uh ipads and if you have patience for it in that way yeah i'm actually tempted now to kind of like find a vinyl player with a usb port and just see what happens <laughs> just because i'd be very curious yeah i mean not even usb if it has uh the old school auxiliary headphone if you have a usb c yeah. headphone yeah, adapter yeah. Just do that, and that would be recognized, I believe, by most of the recording apps as an input that you could then just capture. God, how far we've come, Sim. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's great. So iPadOS, a lot more gets you dark mode. You just mentioned earlier dark mode is a big deal for you. Is this switch on automatically at night for you, or is this just always on your iPad because you have the OLED iPad and saves you some battery life that way too? Tim, it's always on, 24-7, okay. hour by hour. It's always on. <laughs> I love it. The thing is, I mean, even before dark mode was official in well, iOS 13 and iPadOS, I mean, I, every time I had an app installed and I saw an update, I'd always go straight to dark mode, like straight, you know, as soon as it was available. So say Twitter, Ulysses, IA Writer, Infuse as well. I mean, I go straight to it. And, you know, it got to the point really before June where the Apple apps were kind of like sticking out like a sore thumb, really. They were all just very bright, contrasted to my Twitter or my Ulysses. And I was thinking, oh, I, I hope so on this 12.9 inch screen. And now it's like, yep, yeah, it just I'm just making the most of it now, Sim. So it's on all the time and I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I do like the system switching at night because I do enjoy light mode in the day and dark mode at night. And it's kind of pleasant at night when everything just like switches oh it's nighttime now <laughs> yeah i love that feature of, of the api because you know you go into control center if you have dark mode as a shortcut there and even like say when you got it in the iphone 10 slide over you'll just see everything kind of go down from light to dark or dark to light and it's really useful and it saves you a ton of time if you're gonna want to um, like switch between modes yeah and i love tweetbot's implementation of this they have a bunch they have like four or five different light modes and four or five different dark modes and when you do the two-finger gesture to swipe up or down, it'll toggle between all the light modes if you're in light mode and all the dark modes if you're in dark mode. So it gives you both the automatic switching, but also lets you quickly change the dark mode pretty easily as well to the other ones that are available within that app. It's pretty great. I hope other apps kind of learn from what TweetBot did there. Yeah, same. Yeah, I would love to see kind of like other different choices of uh, dark mode, really. And hopefully soon, maybe you can switch between different dark modes like TweetBot as well. That'd be really great. Yeah. So now that widgets are front center 
on the home screen. Are you using them or did you b- before even? And which ones are on the top of your list that are like always visible when you turn on your iPad? Sure. So, I mean, I've been using them like properly since iOS 10 when it used to have like, say, the, the two columns of widgets. And I'd use them like, all the time. And I loved just how it was almost like a collage of widgets. And it was like a jigsaw. You could just kind of arrange them as best you wanted and it'd be great. But then when it came to iOS 11, it was just one column, which I always found weird. I mean, especially when it came to the bigger iPad models, it was just one big column. And I thought that was weird. But now, you know, it's front and center, like you say, on the home screen. And I love it. Ever since June, I've really been struggling as to what would be the pinned widgets, like the ones that have been chosen. They they are the ones who are like, yep, you have done it. You earned that right. And... The ones that I've picked are fantastical. So that kind of arranges pretty much my writing, my podcasting, and it shows me exactly what's coming up next. That's really great. Um, Carrot weather as well. So it likes to abuse me every time I want to check the weather. That's really great. (laughs) And I've got it customized because, you know, I'm in England. I'm in the middle of England. So, you know, rain is a certainty. So I want to know when the rain's going to start. I have to know with carrot weather. So it's going to tell me. It's going to abuse me. The other one is uh, actually a bit of a curveball with some. Um, So Benjamin Mayo of 9to5Mac, his daily dictionary app. I have that as a widget. And there's something about it which I just love, just the simplicity of it. I'll go straight to it and just kind of use it as a shortcut to go to the app itself and find words I've forgotten about from a few days ago that I may just use it in an article because I think, oh, that could sound really great in the draft. Yeah, I like using the lookup app widget just for a daily word of the day right on your iPad home screen. That's Mm. like, you know, it's just you learn a little bit by turning on your iPad. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the last couple are um, a dark noise, of course, because I love dark noise. And I've got the four set up a thunderstorm, coffee shop, waterfall and a train. So, yeah, that is um, definitely my go to. <laughs> that sounds great. So on your home screen, you can just turn on whatever your favorite dark noises are without even opening the app. I like that. Yeah, straight away, it just kind of goes and just plays it away. And I love it. It's it's fantastic. And uh I think in the latest test flight, he's he's still refining the dark mode widget. But even now, Tim, it looks great. I really, really like it. And hopefully there'll be a way to kind of maybe expand it from four to maybe eight, perhaps in the future. But who knows? Right now, it's great. Yeah, that makes more sense than any other audio thing for me. Because music and podcasts, I have a lot of music and a lot of podcasts. But with dark noise, you might only have four different things that you really want to play. So, yeah. Works really well, really well. And yeah, the final one is uh, just batteries because I just have a bit of an OCD knowing how much um, batteries in my AirPods. So. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, with Apple Arcade and PlayStation 4 and Xbox controllers, were you delayed to see uh, controllers start to show up in the battery widget? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That was until the final build, right? The GM, that's... A- that's a yeah, thing. yeah, and I even love the icon on the battery widget as well <laughs> for my DualShock. It looks great, and yeah, I'm just kind of like playing like all the games as I, as, as I can, especially Sonic. Love playing Sonic CD with a DualShock in special stages, and it will let me know how much battery's left. Yeah, absolutely love that, Tim. It's great. Yeah, there's no way yet as a content creator to do screen capture of those games with their audio and, say, recording your face with the FaceTime camera is there that that's not a workflow that works you'd need a couple extra devices to make that happen yeah absolutely but that's a great idea to be honest I've never really thought about that it reminds me of the switch almost that'd be really great 
Yeah, so I guess you'd need like an external recorder for the audio and then a second device for the camera because I don't think you could run a game and record your camera at the same time yet. No, that almost kind of like seems really obvious now when I think about it because now we've got the game controller support. I mean, and with Apple Arcade, I mean, what's the next thing you want to do with your friends? You want to share like what you've done yeah. and even your reaction. So I think that'd be great. And you can record with both iPad Pro cameras now in the in a future update. Yeah. So uh, if they can do two capture recordings, the two cameras at the same time, why not uh, let us do that? Yeah, I, I don't believe that works, but uh, yeah, uh, one day. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So slide over. We talked about it a little earlier. What are some of your most useful sets of apps that you throw in there? So the first one's mail. Um, so always want to get like a quick access to mail because I've got like three different email accounts. So always trying to switch between them just in case. Especially useful at the minute for the house move I'm doing. Need to keep in touch with the estate agents. Will you do three different little mail windows with each different email account or is it one window that you're using the UI to change accounts? Yeah, just one window. Okay. I'll go into all inboxes and it's there. Yep, gotcha. The next one is uh, Slack. So I'm part of a few Slacks, including my own. And so I'm always kind of in there just kind of you know, maybe seeing what people are up to, what they're doing. And I love Slack again with its own dark mode. That's fantastic. So I'm always keeping track of that. Messages as well, because I just like I prefer messages in the slider view more than full screen, if that makes sense. I don't know what it is. I think it's because I'm just too used to using it in um, on my iPhone 10. The other one, of course, I'm, I keep going back to this, Tim. This may as well be an advert for the app, but dark noise, again, <laughs> it's always in slide over. Why in slide over when it is a widget that's readily available there? I think just because when I'm kind of like in depth of like writing something, I don't want to kind of go out of it. I don't want to lose that focus. Whereas all I want to do with slide over, I can just swipe from the right dark noise is straight there and i can switch between maybe the waterfall or the frog sun if i wanted to slide it away and just keep writing without having to be you know taken out of it and taken back to the springboard gotcha that makes a lot of sense so multi-window apps we talked about it earlier ulysses is a big one for you have you got a hang of expose yet and like managing windows now that that is a thing on iPadOS. I've tried to, really. I mean, the multitasking as a whole on iPadOS is fantastic now. I really like it. It works so well now for the workflows. But yeah, with Expose and, of course, with the multi-window support on Safari, I mean, it just I find that works incredibly well, you know, especially for some workflows. I feel like there's a bit more refinement that's needed in Expose. But at the moment, I feel like it's a good start for iPadOS. I feel like there's a lot that you can, that you can gain from, you can do, and... It's a time saver as well. Yeah. Now, I really want a way to invoke it in more ways. I'd love two fingers from the bottom or something to expose the current app. I'd love uh, it be something you'd uh, tie to a mouse click or, I don't know, more ways to get into it would be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think the gestures would be really great to have on, on certain apps. Totally, totally. Now, contextual menus are kind of a little hidden gem in iPadOS, I think. I, I mean, it's... They're discoverable, I think, as people start to hold down for a while. But what places are you finding these like 3D touch-like actions useful on your iPad now? The one that I'm really using is um, is Mail actually for for certain times when I'm just kind of got it um, like closed, and because if I want to kind of like write a, a whole new mail to someone. I can just go straight into it and I can even maybe go to the VIP contacts where we need to talk to straight away, go into the new message or just search for someone as well. And it's a great little shortcut I find. I think that's a really great thing with uh, with mail. I think with another one as well, um, I mean, again, like say Ulysses is really great. I mean, I love the fact that they've got 
the last seven days, um, which is a really, really useful uh, contextual menu for Ulysses. And it just shows you like a, an overview of what you've been doing over certain documents and things. Really great. The other one as well has to be photos, really. Um, yeah. I'm finding, especially since the updates, that I can go to most recent and just find one straight away that I've taken with my iPhone or just go to um, the one year ago feature and just see what I was doing a year ago for no reason at all, Tim. But it's really useful, I find, from the menu. And these are all contextual menus from the app icon itself, not uh, ones within the apps, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, within apps, uh, I mean, the Files app is just remarkable how much UI they're able to cram into that the contextual menu versus before you had many rows you had to click through to actually get to all the functionalities you can act on on a file. Now... The share sheet, it's been redesigned. What are your thoughts on this? And any tips on optimizing it to make it the most productive you can? The thing is with the share sheet, I mean, it's, it's definitely improved. I mean, ever since, like, say, the first beta came out, there were a bit of a rumbling of, it, it seems like it was a quick thing that was done and it was yet to be refined. And now that we're at the release, you know, it's been even more refined and it does work well. I mean, honestly, it, I like the column view. I love kind of sharing between contacts as well. Well, it's fine. Yeah, I, I do that all the time. Uh, I have like maybe four groups of people I would share something to. And I am constantly using the share sheet to just one tap share that link or image with somebody. And that works great. And then I airdrop all the time with my other iPad and that shows up right there too. Yeah, I mean, I think little things like that, which really help. If I, and the thing is, that's what I really like when it comes to Apple, like building certain features. It's for little things that I like more so, Tim. So say like when you're doing the share sheet and exactly like you say, if it's between your iPad and I'm going to do it between my MacBook Air, it shows my Air. It, it shows the picture for it. And it's a little thing. Yeah. But I just like the fact that it actually shows that this time. It's really nice. And then we talked about the files a little bit earlier with the external storage. You're using that a lot for movies, especially. And I'm finding that very useful for uh, getting audio from my Zoom H6 onto my iPad. So no more weird Wi-Fi box for that. What other revamps to the Files app has been really game-changing for you? Have has SMB access big for you? Is columns view? Is zipping files or document scanning a big feature for you? You know, the thing is with Files this year, I feel like it's amalgamation of all the small little features that's been added in iPadOS and iOS 13. And it's made to be an app which I'm using every day now as like the main finder. It's pretty much re replaced like the air in another way because I'm using it as finder. I can go straight into iCloud Drive and go to my desktop on the Mac or documents or anything there. And I now have everything kind of set up. I can go straight to some drafts. I can go straight to images for the site or the podcast. And, you know, like you say, like with the, um, the different views as well. I mean, I, I love it. That column view, as soon as I saw that, I just thought, yeah, this is it now. This is the finder for me on the iPad. I can now get to the things that I need to. And it's been great. And um, I haven't used the SMBs yet. I am waiting for the file folder sharing, which I believe has been delayed, hasn't it? I don't think it's going to be in the release version for a while. It has been delayed, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be an, a new thing that I'm going to be using. So when I'm perhaps um, recording new episodes of Pal Keys, I'll be able to say, look, if you just drop your file into that folder instead and that'd be great and then i'll have it on my ipad straight away and then i can just try and get to editing it as well so it worked really well yeah and another cool thing with multi-window support you can have your source and destination folder right next to each other which is super handy yeah that's a great point i forgot about that yeah that's so useful when i'm kind of transferring documents and things to one another really really great so yeah i totally love files now <laughs> it used to be like a like an overview of like 
what's um, on my desktop as iCloud Drive. But now it's so much more now. I love it. It's, it's fantastic. And then something I'm curious about are the gestures. We have these three-finger gestures. We have text selection that's different now. Are you using the gestures? Do you like them? Something I noticed last night as working on a project is for at least copy and paste built into the keyboard for when you're not attached to a keyboard, that shortcut comes up with a tap. Now, I was actually using that instead for um, pasting because it was quicker. Because if you're just holding your iPad without a keyboard, this is the context you'd probably use that gesture in. You have access to that. Um, well, how are you finding these gestures? Are you using them? Are you, do you like the new text selection? Um, yeah, I hate it. I, I don't like it at all. <laughs> I, I really just find like it's a bit of a misstep in for this year. I don't know why that was a, a gesture that I thought that would be good for this. Because I'm just used to kind of like double tapping on a, on a word, which I'm doing now. And straight away, I have the menu there. And th- that's all I need it for. I don't need to do anything else. If I'm using the keyboard, I'll do the classic way of like holding shift down, highlighting a word or a sentence or a paragraph, and then just copying it with the keyboard shortcut and doing it that way. So I don't understand why this gesture is here to him at all. I'm just happy with that menu that's always been there since iOS 3. And that's it. And also to note as well, I could be wrong on this, but when I'm trying to like highlight text or find something, the magnifying glass isn't there anymore. So to me, it makes it harder to select the text and then copy and paste it as well. Interesting. Yeah, I don't have issues with the magnifying glass being gone. I do like the new implementation there. It takes a bit of learning. And then something I should mention with the three-finger pitches and stuff, I really do love a three-finger tap to pull up that little bar of copy-paste and all that. That does work pretty well for me to have that being available okay i might have to try it it's definitely something that i'm just not really keen of but yeah i noticed last night it's like i was using the gestures of the summer just to try to learn them and stuff but i was noticing last night when you have the virtual keyboard open you have that button to cut and paste and that's quicker and even more i guess intuitive than a gesture would be so yeah uh, it's just curious yeah uh let's move along desktop safari that's here that has probably been one of the biggest things even beyond multi-window support that actually lets people use their iPad to get work done in ways they couldn't in the past. And they hit roadblocks before that are no longer there. So what new workflows are available to you? What sites are you now able to use? So, I mean, Desktop Safari is something else that I didn't really expect to see on this. And it has pretty much gone toe-to-toe now of how I'm always use safari on my macbook it's just amazing the fact that it's gotten rid of a few apps as well so the google suite is gone now you know i'm going straight to the web address instead and it works i can go to whatsapp web for instance and it will show all my whatsapp messages in safari as it does on my mac it can also like even do like the unrestricted download so if i'm trying to go to a certain site and it's a zip file it will just show up and I can just have it in a certain folder if I wish to, and it's there straight away. And I can carry on using that file on my MacBook. And it's fantastic. I mean, even having it as uh, doing the uh, shortcuts on the home screen. So for instance, Instagram, there's no native app for it on the iPad. But if you do a, um, like a home screen shortcut, it does that thing of having it full screen on Instagram, on your iPad. And it also works in split screen view as well. So it's it's fantastic. And it even has the icon of Instagram as well. And are you finding that you're creating a lot of Safari spaces? Do you have like a Google environment where you go to a different Safari window with all your Google apps? Or how are you dealing with spaces with Safari? 
It has, yeah, yeah. I do have two windows open mainly, so one for work and one that's not work, essentially. <laughs> Straight away, I'll have, like, say, maybe Google Docs open, uh, WordPress dashboard open, maybe a couple of Twitter windows open, um, just to see, because I find myself using that more in Safari now as well, even though I have a few twitter apps installed and like say the other windows will just be say you know a lot of well like say blog posts that i'll be reading or even kind of some news apps or just other kind of like random things that i'll just kind of grab and just kind of keep reading it and i just kind of love the fact that i can switch between the two whenever i want you know i I find that really great and especially in slide over as well if i need to because i think at the moment i was using another window as pretty much my final fantasy 8 guide so one was my where to find the guardian forces another one was to find squall's um, ultimate weapon and i think another one was how to beat adele in the fourth disc so yeah <laughs> it just made it a lot easier <laughs> yeah that's awesome and you know if you're say on a website and need to write an email to somebody you can drag that email window now and put it next to it and have that as a space so until that email is sent you're kind of have this safari space with mail next to it and you're able to do all the research you need to in that same environment and leave it kind of clean from your other spaces, which I'm doing a lot. So I'll I'll be applying uh, for like a job and I'll have that space open and it's, it's there in focus. And I have my, you know, miscellaneous tabs from just life on another window. And it's it's a very useful uh, thing to, be able to make sure you don't forget to send things yeah absolutely it really kind of makes it a lot easier to kind of what you're going to be focused on for that time of the day and then if you just want to pause it and go back to final fantasy 8 as i have in the last weekend you can and just go straight back to it if you wanted to so yeah it's really useful and it saves a lot of time now what's been the biggest surprise as far as something that actually works in safari now it's actually two things so one thing is whatsapp web because that never worked before for me anyway it just it didn't work properly at all the fact that i can now just go straight to like a contact in whatsapp in a group and just carry the conversation on is great especially with the keyboard as i'm doing other things it's fantastic it works really well and daryl remind me with whatsapp is memory right that they forbid installing it on an ipad their iphone app uh yeah they have had this feature for years where you can just kind of go on to a, a browser and it will show your messages in a web view. And I think because like this Safari is kind of marked as, as a Mac view, um, as an ID, it just thinks, yeah, that's great. We'll have WhatsApp web on it. It's great. Whereas before, I did have an app and it had it as a web view and it was terrible because it would just show ads all the time. In their native app, their first party app, you couldn't run that on iPad because it wanted a phone, right? Yeah, that's it. It's, it's amazing. So now that's actually available and that's something you couldn't even do through a bad app. Uh, I mean, I guess you could with the third-party bad app, but <laughs> you have a first-party experience now through the web browser, which is awesome. Uh, what's the other app that you uh, were mentioning? I love like kind of retro games and there's a lot of people now who are kind of trying to maybe do their own spin on certain games or even kind of get into the old files of, of the games as well. So there is a site where a developer has just kind of gone into the first four Tomb Raider games and you can pretty much just fly anywhere like no clip in any of these levels, fully rendered, everything's there and you can just go straight to it full on in Safari. And if you want to, you can use the keyboard to fly around and also go in full screen as well. So the whole top bar of Safari is hidden. Before, that never used to work. And it also kind of applies to an open source Quake game, I, I think. And that works well on it as well in Safari. So there's always games that you wouldn't really see on the App Store, but you can play 
on Safari now. I find that's amazing now, and I'm always using that now. That is. I almost forgot. Yeah, keyboard shortcuts work in Safari now. So gmail.com, all those little not, you know, G or K or whatever they do, that actually functions, and it will recognize if a website has their own keyboard shortcut language, it will do that, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, there was just a day where I just thought, right, I'm just going to use Safari on iPadOS exactly the same as I would on macOS. And honestly, it was just like side by side. It was it was all working well, and I was really pleased. This episode of iPad Pros is sponsored by Agenda. In this quick break, I want to talk a little more about Agenda and share one of my favorite free features, linking notes to calendar events and reminder tasks. Agenda, if you haven't tried it out, is a great note-taking app that really thoughtfully integrates dates into your notes. If you have a meeting coming up, you can use an Agenda note to prepare for that meeting and have all the information related to that meeting on hand. You can organize your notes into the main aspects of your life or job, and from those main categories, create different projects for everything you are working on. One great feature available to all users is the ability to link a note or multiple notes to a calendar event or reminders task. Here's how it works. When you are editing a note, tap or swipe on the gray handle on the right side of the screen to pull up your timeline, which includes your calendar and reminders. Then tap on the event or task you want to link that note to and hit link to selected note. You can even link a single note to multiple events or reminders, which is handy if you do have a weekly meeting regarding the same project. You can also link several notes to a single meeting or reminders task. After you link a note to a meeting, you will see a little icon indicating you've linked a note. By tapping that, it will pull up the linked note, or if you have multiple linked notes, it will ask you which note you'd like to open. The other handy thing about linking notes to calendar events is that in other calendaring apps, you'll see in the notes field an agenda link, which is live and when tapped will pull up that note inside agenda. This link could also be used in shortcuts and in other ways to further enhance how you interact and organize your life. If you do upgrade to get the premium features, there are tons of great additional features waiting for you. One feature I love is the quick reschedule ability for calendar events and reminders. If you need to push back an appointment or reminder, Agenda makes it quick and simple to do so. Just tap on the event and select quick reschedule. You'll then be asked if you want to push it back by 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, or until tomorrow, the next week, or next month at the same time. This is something you won't find in even some of the best calendar apps for iPad, but it's something quick and simple in Agenda. The premium features of Agenda also add full editing capabilities to your calendar and reminders directly inside of Agenda. If you've ever tried using a task manager to take notes and were frustrated by that experience, give Agenda a try. It's the note-taking app that can actually help you stay on track with work and personal projects. The business model of Agenda is another thing I love about the app. When you upgrade to get the premium Agenda features, you aren't signing up for a yearly subscription plan. You get to keep every premium feature that is released in the next 12 months. And only if Agenda delivers new premium features you think are worth paying for, do you have to pay again. The developers are constantly working on making you happy as a premium customer to earn your business again. To learn more, go to Agenda.com. Download Agenda today for free from the App Store. Thanks again to Agenda for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Learn more at www.agenda.com. Now let's move ahead to the Photos app. 
there's basic video editing and some more advanced photo editing. Is this something you're using photos for now or are dedicated apps just for editing something you're still gravitating towards? I'm not really a massive editor when it comes to photos and videos on the iPad, but there has been times actually where I've gone into some videos that I've shot on my iPhone and then once it appears on my photos on the iPad, I'll have a look and maybe go, oh yeah, maybe that could be edited out perhaps or maybe the orientation could be twisted a little bit so i'll do little touches like that so for those little features i'm really grateful for for having because it saved a lot of bother when i used to kind of like maybe export it to another app and kind of just change the orientation on the video and now i can just do it in photos straight away very cool yeah I still tend to use Luma Fusion for most of the stuff, but it is nice being able to actually edit videos orientation, especially that's something that uh, happens quite a bit. You record a video, the wrong orientation accident, and you can fix it now. So reminders, it got totally revamped. It's an app that you might actually want to use because it's good now. It's got subtasks. It's got all these smart lists. Is this an app that you're looking into using again? It's actually the last app that I've really just only started using, to be honest, for my iPadOS. Because I remember like reading a lot of horror stories about like certain people would test reminders in the early betas, and there'd either be some data loss or it just wouldn't work right. So I thought, no, I'm going to just hold off. I'm not going to convert any of the reminders to the latest version. I'm going to leave it. So only kind of this last weekend that I've been looking at it, and I have to say, I mean, I really love the UI on it. I mean, that works really well i've also been reading like um, federico vaticci's um, ipad os review and he's been mentioning like reminders and the stuff you can do in it now is it's really great especially with the like the web previews and things like that it works very well so i'm trying to and um, kind of integrate it into kind of a shopping list that we're trying to have for the house move what we need to get what we're doing so yeah it's worked really well so far excellent yeah it's something i need to dig into more of I am really deep into the OmniFocus kind of ecosystem and how that works. But there may be some situations where the Reminders app has a purpose and the OmniFocus has a different purpose. And I, I use, yeah. you know, Agenda for uh, other things as well for kind of my notes that I want some kind of data attached to. So, uh, yeah, a lot of different uh, tools for different jobs. Yeah, yeah, really encouraging so far. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it out more. And then uh, shortcuts. You can now have parameters, automations, and there's some new actions and stuff. Has your usage of shortcuts changed at all with the latest update? It has, yeah. After so long, it's actually kind of come to the point where I'm I'm using it like just every week now, and that's probably up from when I used to try it out every three months, to be honest. It's great just how much improved for me that it's changed because it just didn't click with me at all. I try and go into it. I'd, I'd watch, like, say, Matthew Castanelli's, like, amazing, like, you know, um, videos on how to use it, and it just didn't click. And then I tried it in ipad os and i think it's just because that you're basically forming a sentence from start to finish of what you want to do and i've just been really having fun with it i really have and especially with automations as well because what i love about that is because i go to different coffee houses and craft beer places when i'm writing away in town and they all have their own different wi-fi spots so what i'll do is every time it connects to that wi-fi point an automation will follow up and it will open up safari in wordpress or maybe the notes app as well, and then just have it all ready for me as soon as it connects to the Wi-Fi. So I've really loved it so far, and I'm trying to kind of get more into shortcuts as best I can, really. Yeah, I would love an option in the future to uh, have like locked spaces of open Safari with the OmniFocus, kind of pick out your space that is like one of your favorite spaces that's kind of locked in place, which I don't think there is a way to like 
do the multi-app kind of opens, right? Yeah, you know, that's it. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of potential there where you can just say, I want to have Safari on one side and Ulysses on the other um, at 30% and just have it to me in dark mode as well, please. You know, that'd be great. Yeah, the UIC for this uh, one day is when you swipe up, you have all your windows. Why not swipe to the right into another window that has all your favorite spaces. That seems like it'd be an interesting way to add another kind of layer to to window management, I guess. Yeah, it really would. Yeah, because I feel like with the multitasking view at the moment, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of potential there to have it maybe like ordered into grids almost. Like here's going to be your work grid of like, say, Safari and notes on, in one space or like, say, um, like files and well, two lots of files in split view for your media or something else and just have like so much there mix that in with shortcuts as well and you'd have a pretty powerful workflow there yeah so let's dive into mouse support this is something that i wasn't sure how i'd feel about a mouse on an ipad really until i started using it people have wanted this for a while and it's finally here have you found yourself using this feature regularly i've been using it regularly for some apps and Uh, The first time when I tried it, it was a really kind of jolt of like, oh, is this really happening? Really, I have a mouse cursor now on an on an iOS version. It's it's crazy, but the thing is, from an accessibility point of view, it's ideal. It's perfect. It really kind of works well for that. But of course, I mean, there are thoughts that creep in that makes you think, oh, this would be great as like maybe a shortcut remote or just games as well, and. And writing, and I found myself, you know, using the mouse for Ulysses and Doom because I found that there's a way where you can kind of use the right click to drag your viewpoint around in Doom. And there's actually a, I found like a bug, or I don't know what it is. It could be a, a secret Easter egg. You can use the QWERTY keys on the on a keyboard to control Doom. So that was a bit of a throwback using a mouse with that. Interesting. And you're not talking about Doom while writing at the same time. Just you're using Ulysses with the mouse and separately Doom with the mouse, right? Yeah, but to be honest, now you mention it, having that in split view would be amazing to have. So please bring that in. <laughs> yeah, I saw, uh, I think Fortnite added split view to their game, which is like one of the few games that actually supports split view, which is amazing. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was. it's like, wow, I didn't know games could do that, really. I mean, most games don't. So what contexts work best using mouse? Writing's one of them and then a Doom. Any other contexts that you really enjoy mouse? Is Safari a good situation for that? Or, you know, you're at your desk and working, that's kind of when you use it? Yeah, I mean, like you say, Safari is perfect for it. You know, really works well, especially when kind of like rearranging tabs as well if I need to. Because I like to kind of group tabs into separate things and kind of imagine that there's like an overall name for each of them of what they are. And that's been really great. Definitely with, like, say, a game, like, say, the games on Safari as well that's been really useful to have it's been fantastic especially when like say you've downloaded a file and you can like maybe drag it you know for instance like say you download an image and you can drag it into notes perhaps you know that's really really useful and especially with that see the um well going back to the editing features of photos that really i mean that's worked really well with the mouse you can really kind of like hone in on how you can kind of straighten up an image if you want with the mouse i've found yeah and then i guess all the google apps they have those really tiny touch targets that are pretty nice with the the mouse absolutely yeah that's definitely a a safe haven for me with the google docs and the mouse really works well and what kind of surprised you the most 
about a mouse on iOS. Just how well it actually did work on a touch-based um, like OS. I mean, I mean, I was just kind of going through every single app, and you know, Safari was fantastic. You know, with the desktop features of that, um, the, again, the games because you you haven't really heard for any games that have been using the mouse in any way or form. And I think I was playing Civilization Six on it, and using that mouse was just incredible because it is the way it's meant to be played with strategy games the best way to play it is a mouse and having that was just great you know playing that on the train commute in the coffee shop and then of course playing doom with that you know just amazing and i really love just how well that works with the mouse and i really want to see kind of more games maybe even from apple arcade just kind of using the mouse because i think not just from the casual side of gamers but also the accessibility side as well of how it can appeal to those in games. I think it'd be really great. Now, what apps and workflows have you found that don't work so well in this mouse kind of mode? For me, it's been Ferrite. Editing podcasts, it's much too difficult with the mouse, and I want to be touching the screen with my finger. Any apps or workflows that you don't kind of like the mouse in? It's mainly video apps, to be honest. They really don't work. and Because the thing is with infuses, there are a lot of gestures which I really find useful. So if you kind of like um, drag your finger up and down on the left side, that will control the brightness. If you do it on the right side of the screen, it's the volume. And it works really well. But of course, if you're trying to like kind of get the mouse cursor to maybe kind of like scrub the timeline of a video, sometimes it's it's so minute that you'll end up kind of dragging the volume control or the brightness. And I'm like, no, I don't want that part. I don't want to control that. I don't like that TV app anyway, Tim. So using that with a mouse was an experience. The biggest surprise of the TV app I discovered this summer is you can press the arrow key up or down to change the volume within that app. I've never seen volume control within that implementation in any app before. That's really just nice. Are there times when you're using your iPad without a keyboard hooked up? I use the Magic Keyboard because I don't like the keyboard folio this year. To me, it just seems like there could have been a lot more done, really, with these models. So with the Magic Keyboard, when I take it away, that's when I'm kind of not in work mode, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm just kind of using it as like a video mode, as a as a guidebook for, for a Switch game, or just kind of like looking at, say, like maybe certain shared albums that I'm a part of. And I'll just kind of use it just kind of like, you know, just just consume content really more than create it. So, yeah, it's definitely kind of like work mode on, work mode off, if that makes sense. Do you use a cover or case or anything or is it a naked iPad? Uh, no, I use a smart cover on it. So that's really because the fact that it got the angle at the bottom, which the folio doesn't have. So I just kind of like that So because I'm using it now um, for the notes. So I have it kind of stood up now and it's and it's great. And I'm, I really like the smart cover because... It covers the back as well, and I've got all the stickers on there as well. So I'm totally happy with that. And then uh, another accessibility feature, voice control. Have you played around with this, even if it's just for issuing commands to your iPad in like command mode and telling your iPad to shuffle music or next track or pause music, and it, it does these different commands for you? Yeah, it is something like from Star Trek. I mean, not to sound dramatic, but it, it really sounds like when I just say, like, say, show grid, and it will do it, and it will just maybe it can let me like magnify certain sections and and touch things and it, it's it's fantastic it's really great so many more people can use the ipad now with voice control there's so many more people who are able to kind of have their work done or consume content with voice control now yeah and as far as shortcuts there are custom voice controls you can create where so you want a custom shortcut within just one app on your ipad you can have a single word where you say, say, run, and it will run that shortcut every time 
you're in that app and only that app. So uh, I did one for an email that I was sending out to a couple different people. And I would say type. And only in mail would it type that predefined text for me. And that was the only time I was listening for the hot word. So there are some cool things on an app-by-app level you can use voice control for. I love it. I mean, especially I've got the Frasius right, and it will open, like, say, WordPress at a certain point and has me just kind of ready to go. And I love that about the, the certain apps. It just makes shortcuts and Siri more personable for you and for your workflow. It just really works well. And it's all local, which is really cool. You could do this offline and bypass Siri entirely if you want to do that, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. You could do, you know, tell Siri to open X app. And when you would do that, it would open up the Siri interface. It would take you away for a second while it thinks and then does it. With voice control, it doesn't open up the Siri interface blocking out your whole screen. It just does it for you. It's a really nice change. Yeah, it's just really kind of a, a small thing about Siri, really. And that's kind of like the one thing that I want to see with, with iPadOS soon. The fact that, like you say, it covers the whole screen. And when I'm looking at that on a 12.9-inch screen of Siri covering the whole thing of my workflow, it's so annoying. I just want it to be like macOS. It's in the corner. It's ready to go. And even maybe kind of throw back to how it was in iOS 6, you know, that'd be great to have. But right now, it covers the whole screen. It just looks a little bit ridiculous at the minute. Yeah, I could see Siri as a standalone app, for one, as in SlideOver. I could also see it in the new... They have a new language for these little, at the very top of your screen, very narrow interfaces for volume and Apple Pencil shows up there. I could see Siri up there, or as you said, with the Mac, kind of that kind of solution. Yeah, that would be really great. Even as like, like a bot in the Messages app as well. We can just talk to it, yeah. you know, as you can like with uh, certain bots in Facebook Messenger. Yeah, you are able to, I, I did uh, realize, you're able to, in your spotlight, search for something or type something in, and at the very bottom say search siri for this so there's an interface to siri just in spotlight but it does after that pull siri interface <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah almost there <laughs> so mail you use the built-in mail app is the improvements there which rich tech support has that been helpful at all yeah no it really has because the thing is i mean i'm kind of that annoying guy who wants to kind of stand out in the email so i use like say bold italics and maybe different fonts to kind of exemplify like the points i'm getting across it just works well and i really love the ui of it as well and really simple really great to use excellent yeah i'm surprised hyperlinks didn't make it but hopefully next year yeah yeah hopefully so yeah definitely it's definitely a start now this year yeah. And as we mentioned earlier, it is just a godsend being able to drag a mail comp- composition window from Safari to somewhere else. Because before I would copy and paste the two field to create a new window elsewhere because I didn't want that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's so useful now. I can't sell it. Yeah. <laughs> really great. <laughs> and then do you use the built-in notes app? Is that something you use on a regular basis? Yeah. Notes has been something I've I think it's the one that I've used ever since iOS 1, to be honest. Oh, wow. I'm okay. a long-time Notes user. I've had so many Notes over the last 11 years, it's insane. The new subfolders and folders and Notes this year, it's been great just to kind of finally organize them all into something I can manage. Do you use the thumbnail view at all? I've actually started using it now that I've done the folders. I just find that it's a lot better view now rather than the list view because it may sound odd, but... When I look at the list view in notes, it looks like like a work view mode, if that makes sense. It's like, here's the to-do notes. Here's what you need to do for the day. Whereas gallery, it, it makes it look more fun. It makes it look more like, oh, yeah, this is the one I want to do today. This is what I want to take on today. Yeah, it's more alive. Yeah, absolutely. And you can share an entire folder in notes. Is that something you will have use of? Yeah, so I already share a few notes from my partner, Lauren. And so now we have it all in one place. And it's 
so useful now so we can just kind of add and edit notes as we please it's just been a lot easier now to kind of like you know like set apart maybe like certain bills that need paying or even like some of the furniture that we need to get as well for the coming move it's been really useful excellent and then any other little touches that you're finding useful Uh, i was kind of delayed by the automatic sorting of checklists that just rearranges stuff as you check off stuff on the list can i just say dark mode again sure (laughs) especially notes that is the best dark mode app ever because we don't have that yellow anymore i love it it's like finally finally we've got the dark mode and then uh nearing the end here uh reading goals and books are you reading more is uh, ipad os helping you be more productive uh from that angle Uh, it is to be honest i'm trying to read as many books as i can and when i'm pretty much like not busy really i'm always trying to kind of read as as many and yeah definitely kind of like when you get a notification saying oh you've you've read this amount now you you keep it going and it's really great to have that because it, it kind of reminds me of the activity app in the Apple Watch when it's say, oh, you've got like maybe a five minute walk left. You can do it. And it harkens back to that in the books. And yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying that so far. It's really kind of made me read a fair few more chapters than I thought. Excellent. Yeah. Now that we have multi-window apps, download manager, all the other features we've been talking about, what apps have kind of been eliminated from your requirements? Like, did you have two text editors before so you could have two side by side and now you just have the one? What kind of apps have kind of left your iPad? So I had the browser um, iCap installed for a while because that was really customizable and it had its own download manager. And you can almost kind of like change the the idea of it as well so you could have it changed to a mac view but you can also have it oddly enough to internet explorer 6 if you wanted to i don't know why if you wanted to um but you could and of course now safari and desktop it's i don't need it anymore it's something that i just deleted straight away and of course you know with like say the google suite again I, i don't need that anymore i mean it took so long for multitasking to be added to the google apps I can just do it straight away in Safari now. It's its own web app, which is fantastic. I think definitely with the, there was a zip app I had as well. So it'd be a way of just kind of dropping certain files into a full screen zip app and it would just zip it and save it into files. And now I don't need to anymore. It's just a share sheet, which is great. So yeah, it's really kind of shortened like the workflow of some things. And of course, like even like say with um, the workflow of when, when I'm doing like a switch review, I can do screenshots I'll take the memory card out of my Switch, put it into a memory card to USB connector, and then just copy them into a a folder of Switch review screenshots in files and just use them as a wish. I love that. It's so much easier than what it used to be before. So the file format of the Switch does work with iPadOS. That is good to hear. Yeah, works really, really well. That's awesome. I've found myself just kind of like just copying it all. And do we know yet, does WebKit, Safari, whatever kit that developers use to make web browsers... Are they getting this Safari desktop for free or are they left behind in the dust with the old implementation? I want to say they are left in the dust at the minute. Yeah, I think they've still got the the, the engine from iOS 12. Yeah, I wonder if they will get that update at some point in maybe the next big OS update or mid-year. Because you can imagine iCab Mobile... When it actually says I'm a different browser agent, it being desktop browser still, but giving you some slightly different uh, options there. Because currently, as we all know, different browser agents doesn't do everything it needs to do to work uh, properly. <laughs> but the combination of the two definitely does help. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why you would have Internet Explorer 6 as an ID, but yeah. You never know. You never know. 
So any topics we didn't get a chance to dive into that you wanted to before we stopped talking about iPadOS for a bit? I'm just kind of glad that it's actually finally a thing. The fact it's only thing now and we can look forward to kind of like general updates really. I mean, the only thing really I'll kind of want to see is kind of maybe more kind of parity and more work towards the Apple Watch really because I just want to see my activity in a widget on iPadOS on the widget screen. I'd love to see that. It's part of our iCloud account, so why not? There's no harm in that. And of course, seeing the Apple Watch battery in the battery widget on the iPad. Why can't we see that yet, Tim? I want to see that. Yeah, I personally would love a watch app to manage my Apple Watch from the iPad and ditch my iPhone. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, hopefully soon. Yep. And then I could pay uh, T-Mobile... 60 or 70 ducks a month just for my Apple Watch. <laughs> uh, we'll see where that future heads if data prices would get cheaper if it's just the watch and no phone. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, absolutely. Hopefully. Yeah. So, Daryl, it's been awesome chatting about all this. It's a lot of stuff to cover with iPadOS, and I think we got through most of it here. Where can people find more information about what you do and kind of the work you do? I'm on Daryl Baxter on most of the networks. Um, so it's just D-A-R-Y-L, uh, mainly on Twitter, um, Instagram. And I've also got a site as well where it kind of shows my portfolio and some blog posts that I'm trying to um, just you know, get ready and posted for you. Um, just DarylBaxter.com. And of course, at the moment, I'm um, in the midst of doing Pal Keys, which is weekly every Friday, an outpost show, which I'm hoping to kind of restart in the next couple of months. But yeah, you can just find me there. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time, Daryl. It's been great chatting with you, catching up. Yeah, thanks very much, Tim. It's been great. That wraps up today's episode. Thanks again to Daryl for his time recording that interview all about iPad OS. And thanks to Agenda for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Go to agenda.com to learn more and download Agenda for free and start using it to see the power of integrating your notes with dates in the way that Agenda does. Thanks again to Agenda for sponsoring this episode of iPad Pros. Learn more at agenda.com. You can find the show notes at iPadPros.net. You can send me feedback at iPadProsPodcast at gmail.com. You can get episodes early and extra content by supporting the Patreon at patreon.com slash iPadPros. Thanks for listening to this episode of iPad Pros.